Welcome to episode 41 of Near Death Dolls. I'm Lisa. And I'm Paige. And we are your hosties with the mosties. While talking about ghosties. And other bad bitch shit. Oh, I didn't know we were going to be talking about ourselves tonight. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We is. We is. (laughs) But I like it. Actually, Lisa will be telling us about another bad bitch, not us this time no this one is from the 1920s stephanie st Clair, and thank god it's not the 20s anymore because this girl likes to drink <laughs> and so does lisa i do what are you drinking tonight lisa i give you one guess where this drink is from france <laughs> not quite okay fort worth texas oh. um so i went to my local grocery store as i do from time to time usually like four times a week way too many times nice and uh they have a build your own you know beer pack you get a little carrier with four or uh six slots and you can put in a mix and match of any kind of beers you want Mm. and my dearest love martin house had a few uh beers that i could choose from and there were some i hadn't tried and i'm like this is perfect because i don't know if i'm gonna want you know a whole bunch of the same one you know if i haven't tried it so i got a little experimental i got their dill pickle sour beer and it tasted like drinking carbonated pickle juice it was good but i couldn't drink a whole one (laughs) and i love pickles yeah i love pickles too i think i've drank pickle juice before and liked it but it's very strong of a flavor it is a very strong flavor and i every burp was like i had just had a ton of pickles which usually i'm not i'm not mad about but i was just like this is a bit much (laughs) okay so you got one of those okay i got a pumpkin pie sour with lactose that was good um i didn't get a lot of pumpkin pie flavor until the end there was a little bit of the pumpkin pie spice Mm. otherwise it tasted pretty much like most of their sours with lactose um and and the pie flavor was a little bit lighter than the other ones but it was still good very good i have another one of those to drink later okay is that one a seasonal one that's like over or now yeah um it is a seasonal one i got the puppy chow stout puppy chow Mm -hmm. do you know what puppy chow is oh no i don't know what it is the Chex mix muddy buddies oh is that called puppy chow that's cute i've always been raised calling it puppy chow maybe that's a southern thing maybe uh but it's the checks that where you you get your checks and you toss them in uh chocolate and peanut butter and then you shake them in a bag of powdered sugar and then you just eat it and they make muddy buddies uh the company checks brand makes their own money buddies that you can buy like anywhere mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's good it is tasty so anyways it was that flavor um it was better than most stouts i've had it was a like a lot lighter stout flavor um i got a little bit of chocolate but i didn't get like the peanut butter as much as i was hoping to come on guys get some peanut butter flavor in there <laughs> <laughs> um and then i'll it brings me to the one i'm drinking tonight and i saved it for tonight because uh, I feel like it just goes together wonderfully. So this one is a pineapple kiwi passion fruit and guava gosa, which I think I, I called it a gauche before, but it's a, I think it's pronounced gosa. And um, it's called Tropical Salty Lady. Ooh, Tropical Salty Lady, huh? Yes, they have a regular one called Salty Lady, and I don't remember what flavors those are. Um, I don't remember if I've actually tried that one or not, but that's one of their regular ones. They seem to have a lot. Um, but this is the tropical salty lady and it is very good. Uh, it's like a sour, 
Mm, but a little more tart mm. in a way. Okay. Salty lady. <laughs> yeah. Tropical salty lady. It's very cute. Pretty bo- uh, pretty can. Uh, so that's what I'm drinking. I'm going to take a sip and tell you what it tastes like. Mm, please. It does have like a saltiness to it. Like uh, kind of like when you drink a margarita and some of the salt falls in. And lots and lots of like pineapple and guava. That sounds tasty. It's so good. I'm kind of sad I split it with my husband. I was like, it's getting kind of late. I don't want to drink a whole one. And then I'm like, this is so good. <laughs> You're like, give it back. <laughs> <laughs> I might sneak back in his office and grab it. Okay, but that's what I'm drinking. Paige, what are you having tonight? Um, mine is one that I've had quite recently. It's a Roscato dark red wine blend very mm-hmm. sweet like a moscato very tasty oh wonderful yeah i know it, what brand is that it's called roscato i believe is the oh, brand name. oh the brand is roscato yeah r-o-s-c-a-t-o i got it at target so i'm pretty sure anybody could get it probably but that sounds good it is it's actually yeah it's very nice very sweet very like it's it's sweet but it's not super sweet because it's a dark red so Anyway, mm-hmm. I like it. I'm very happy for you. You know, I got to finish out the bottle and then I'll get something new. There you go. At least you have a, a, a decent wine selection at your, you know, Target. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But my nice $5 wines. I think this one's closer to $20. I, I splurged, you know, fancy Dang, wine. Dang, Paige. <laughs> All right. I see you with your money over there. <laughs> uh, you said fancy, Paige, $20 wines. <laughs> All right, but before we begin our story for tonight, let's take a minute to thank our newest Patreons. Whoop, whoop. A special thank you to Mel for being our one of our newest Patreons. You can find Mel on Instagram at Mel3791. Thank you, Mel, for supporting the podcast. Thanks, Mel. Another Patreon that we'd like to thank is Darla. You can find Darla on Instagram at Wanderline. Thank you, Darla. Thank you, Darla. Double thank you. <laughs> I did thank Darla, too. Next, we have Mary Lou. Mary Lou is so sweet. Uh, you can find her on Instagram at M-A-R-I underscore E underscore 522. Thank you, Mary Lou. You are a doll. Thanks, Mary Lou. You're the best. Last but not least, we've got Savannah. Thank you so much, Savannah, Savannah for becoming a Patreon. You can find Savannah on Instagram at Savannah Hollow. That's right. Sorry, I was drinking there. Yes, you were. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Patreons, all of you guys, for hanging in there with us. We're hoping you're enjoying all the little extras that we have on our Patreon. And remember, if you want to join our Patreon so you can be a part of the Dolls After Dark show, the Dolls Disassemble movie reviews, Paige's Friday Funyay. <laughs> Friday. <laughs> Friday posts, which are always very entertaining. Uh, you can sign up to be a Patreon for as low as $3. Fuck yeah. Be a zombie or a Bloody Mary, whichever you want. B- a Bloody Mombie. A- you can be whatever you want to be when you join our Patreon. <laughs> All inclusive. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you can find us on Patreon. Just search Near Death Dolls Podcast. We'd be happy to have you. We would be so delighted. We'd be tickled. We would be tickling each other. It's a whole thing. <laughs> I'm pretty ticklish. Well, it's a good thing that we're socially distancing and we live in different states. All right, let's get into our episode here. So I've noticed a lot of people recently idolizing criminals like Ted Bundy or with the recent release of the Netflix documentary Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez. Have you seen any? Uh, have you seen that one, Paige? I tried watching it. Um, I couldn't get through the first episode. Have you seen I it? I haven't tried yet. Okay. I need to be in the right frame of mind. Exactly. Exactly. I was in the wrong frame of mind. It was moving a little slow in the first episode. I just got to like kind of fast forward a bit to get to the, you know. The good parts. Not no, the good parts. I know, right? That sounds bad, but it's 
it's like sometimes they over summarize and over generalize in the beginning to kind of ease you in and it's like I already know about Richard Ramirez skip ahead you know (laughs) Uh, so with all this like I've it made me remember hearing a story about this woman named Stephanie St. Clair um she was a black female 1920s organized crime boss who honestly deserves to be idolized far more than these killers. Yeah, come on, fuck Ted Bundy. Who's trying to idolize that asshole? I would rather people idolize people like Stephanie St. Clair that we're about to learn about. Oh, yeah. So <clears throat> I'm going to get into the why, but we got to start from the beginning, right? Not a good place to start? Hmm. It does sound like a good place, yes. I think so. So let me preface this whole thing by saying I found a lot of mixed information online. And since the one book that probably had the most accurate information was $130 on Amazon. uh, Sorry, I did not invest. None of that. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going off of what most internet sources agreed upon. So there we go. And then side note. Uh, Stephanie isn't known to be the most reliable narrator of her life and or the people who have told her stories about her. Mm. Uh, She was known for embellishing on some things, so who knows what's fact and what has been changed along the way, but I hope you at least enjoy this as a story, and there are some, there are elements of fact in this. Sure, yeah. Yeah, and it's from so long ago, whatever. We'll just have fun with it. (laughs) Let's have some fun with this one, okay? So Stephanie St. Clair was born on the island of I think it's Guadalupe or Guadalupe. I think it's Guadalupe in 1897, though the exact date isn't really known. Uh, this particular island is in the Caribbean, which were, that's how I was tying in my tropical lady. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. I was like, hmm, where, how is this tie in? <laughs> <laughs> yes, she was born on a Caribbean island uh, and it was actually a French territory. So Stephanie grew up speaking en français and <gasps> oh. perhaps some anglais, English. I'm I'm doing really good in Duolingo. Yes, you are. (laughs) (laughs) Slavery had been abolished almost 100 years earlier for this colony. There is some, I don't know how to put it. I feel like it was abolished, came back for a little bit, and then left again. Okay, so it's a French colony, right? So it is a little bit different rules. Yes, than how America was. Uh, So Stephanie, uh, uh, when she was born, I think it was already gone. I think her parents' generation, or her grandparents' generation, might have been the last to experience slavery. Okay. Um, So she was not born a slave, nor were her parents, to my understanding. Thank goodness. She's a free lady, Miss Stephanie. Absolutely. So Stephanie and her siblings were actually able to grow up and receive an education. So you're right probably a little bit of english definitely some french more french and then english second although the accounts differ around the age of 13 one or both of stephanie's parents got sick and passed away Uh, one account says it was just her father and then some said both but since her father was the breadwinner for the family it said her mother struggled to provide for her children which it, it would be hard back then, especially if he was the only one working. Yeah, she'd probably have to find a job. It's probably difficult for a lady who knows back then. And I listened to the Female Criminals podcast by Parcast, and they did a lot of good research. And they said that most likely Stephanie's parents were actually married and were regarded a little bit higher in the community but once her father passed away and her mother had to actually go to work it made it really almost like they were being looked down upon even though they were struggling and people understood the situation it was still really tough okay were they looking down on them because the mom had to work now like oh women shouldn't have to work uh 
I'm not quite sure. It, I mean, it could have been a range of things. I'm not really sure. Maybe just because they, they were running out of money quickly, not having the good income. The best chance for Stephanie would have to be for her to go find employment in North America. And since she spoke French, it seemed the best place for her would be the French-Canadian province of Quebec or Quebec, depending on how you want to say it, uh, to work as a maid. I wonder if it was easy to immigrate because I was like, oh, it would be tough for her to immigrate from a French settlement to America, but maybe it's easier to go to Quebec. Probably. And I think with them being more French-speaking, it would be a little bit easier. She sailed from her home to New York, that's where they got off the boat, where she actually told the agent that was, like, getting them checked in and everything uh, that she was actually 10 years older than she actually was. She was marked down as being 23 years old when she was actually about 13. She's 13? Holy shit, Lisa. And they were like, oh, yeah, she totally looks 23. Uh, I'm like, no one would ever believe I was 23 at 13. Like, Uh -uh. even now, so people don't believe I'm in my mid-30s. Same. People are like, let me see your ID. And it's like, okay, I'll show you my ID all day. I don't care. (laughs) Right? But, hey, you go, girl. So she made her way to, I hope I'm saying Quebec right. Is that right? I've heard it Quebec or Quebec. I mean, I don't think it. It, it, it depends on where you're from on how you say it, but I don't know. I say Quebec because I've heard it that way so many times it kind of got stuck. Okay, well, I'll go with Quebec. I only have okay. to say it like one more time. Oh. So <laughs> she made her way to Quebec to work in the home of a family as a maid. Um, during her time as a maid, it's reported that she was subject to sexual abuse by the son and the family, which sadly I'm sure was not uncommon at the time. It's disgusting and sad, but I'm sure it it happened a lot. Oh my god, I'm sure. That's distressing. So about five years later, I think Stephanie just was like, I'm done. Uh, she packed up and left, making her way back to New York and settling in Harlem. Five years is a long time, especially if they're abusing you. Get the fuck out. So Stephanie arrived in Harlem just before the Great Migration, which was a period of time starting in 1916 when black Americans began moving to the North to avoid the more rampant discrimination and Jim Crow laws of the South. In this wave, Harlem became a popular area for black Americans to find homes and employment. Uh, And since Stephanie had been educated, she was able to find a job working for an illegal business called The Numbers Game policy banking or the daily number all she she worked for three different places or it had three different names it had three different types of names and Ah. i'm gonna explain okay so how i understand it it's kind of like the lottery mixed with investing you said it was illegal it's it was considered illegal because it was kind of gambling oh okay so at this time, banks wouldn't allow black Americans to invest or put their money in traditional banks. So these were called, quote unquote, policy banks. Hmm. Uh, this was a way for them try- to try and invest and win, their- win money. Okay, so they couldn't even use a regular bank. That's, that's some bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, a better would pick three digits and the following day they'd be announced. The winning numbers would be al- announced. Uh, the winning number usually came from the last three digits of what's called the handle, which is the amount racetrack betters placed on race day the day before. And oh. this number would be put in newspapers, and that's how they would determine the winning numbers. Oh, okay. So, yeah. there, so that way it was kind of a, a, a well-controlled way of getting the winning numbers. So if there's anything to say about this, as far as I understand it, it was a pretty victimless crime because it's just kind of gambling. Mm. Uh, Okay, so nobody's embezzling this money. 
Not to my knowledge. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk a little bit about that. So, and while Stephanie was at the bottom of the totem pole within this operation, so to speak, she used her unique and exotic charm to get to know the clients and people in the neighborhood. Because remember, she's this foreign beauty who's Mm. French or Mm. has a French accent and can speak French. And what is she, like, 18 right now? So she's all like, I'm ready to mingle. Probably. Uh, She began forming relationships with everyone that came in and really got people to trust her. Uh, She was well-remembered because she was a beautiful woman with a French accent. Mm -hmm. And it said that when people asked her where she was from, she would respond in perfect French. Okay, so what would she say? Um, What's the name of that island? Uh, Guadeloupe. Guadeloupe. Okay. But here's the thing. So, side note... Some accounts say that she went from Guadeloupe to France, and then she went straight to Harlem from there. I don't know about that. Instead of Quebec? Oh, okay. So sometimes it was said that she would say she was from Marseille uh, instead of saying she's from Guadeloupe. And apparently there was sometimes issues between black immigrants from other countries and black Americans like sometimes they did not get along because especially like if she was from Guadalupe they had an education whereas the black Americans hadn't had that opportunity yet oh okay so there's a divide there is a divide and there's a lot of other reasons too but that seemed to be one of them that I found when I was doing research I could I could definitely see like maybe in a maybe in an illegal setting especially if she coming in with this French accent and looking you know she's 18 she's sexy she's you know in charge of stuff like you know confident I don't know I could see some haters uh, for the most part people everyone seemed to like her though I'm just saying overall that's that was something that I found that I found interesting in uh, research but she seemed to do okay mm, good okay. people people really liked her so over the years working for her employer she saved up enough money to start her own numbers racket Ooh, okay she's got her own business going entrepreneur she saved up her own money. She started off with about $10,000, which is the equivalent of $130,000 today. Ooh. So she's oh, got shit. a little bit of capital, a little something to start with. She's good at saving. I need to take some lessons from Stephanie St. Clair. <laughs> I think it took her about 10 years to get this money saved up. Oh, damn. Okay. So now she's what, like 28, 29, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she hustled her ass off working with a very small staff. So not only was she the boss, she also did a lot of the running around. She did all the accounting. She did like, she did a lot herself until she could really get more money. And because she had formed relationships over the years with the residents of Harlem, uh, she began to see more and more clients switching over from the other operations to hers because they liked her. Poaching clients. Good for her. She put in the years of, you know, asking how they were doing and all that stuff and making sure she, you know, schmoozed the right people. Mm-hmm. Within a few years, she actually began rolling in the dough. She moved to a brownstone in Sugar Hill, which is pretty uh, famously known. While she was always on the more fashionable side, she was now able to afford some finer clothes, silks, furs, jewels, and hats, and her high heels. Hell yeah! That's awesome. (laughs) But she didn't just Scrooge McDuck dive into her fortune that she was acquiring. (laughs) No. And you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She was known to be generous to her staff that worked for her policy bank. She was also quite generous within her community. Oh, that's good. So she's giving back. She is. She set up funds for immigrants, took out newspaper ads to educate the black community about their rights and call out the mistreatment by the police. 
Oh, nice. Holy shit. She's not just out to make money. That's really cool. No, she's definitely looking out for her community, which makes people, the people of Harlem, just fall in love with her even more because she's not just, thank you for your money. Bye. She's like... (laughs) I'm going to give back. Yeah, that's wonderful. But Stephanie St. Clair, who also became known as Madame St. Clair or sometimes Queenie St. Clair, wasn't a perfect, polite, and polished woman all the time. Oh, what did she get into? (laughs) So she was known to have a temper, could swear in several different languages, and didn't (laughs) hesitate to slap a hoe if need be. Good. (laughs) You got to. Yeah, you have to. If you're you're in charge, sometimes you just got to slap a hoe. Yeah, yeah, if you're yeah, if you're in charge and it's an illegal operation, hell yeah, sometimes. She also got her right-hand man, Ellsworth Bumpy Johnson, who's a gangster in his own right. Okay, so they work together. So, uh Bumpy Johnson, like I said, he's he became his own name in gangster land here. He actually was her like right-hand man. So he he worked for her. He's a Bumpy Johnson. I want to know where he got that name from. I think he had some kind of weird bump on his head when he was a kid and he got that nickname, I believe. Okay. I only kind of briefly read that. I could be wrong. That's what I was thinking. I was like, there's got to be some kind of bump on his body, maybe like <clears throat> a hunchback a little bit or something. I don't know. I was like, why are they called Bumpy? <laughs> <laughs> So as Prohibition ended and the Great Depression began, white mobsters started seeing a downward trend in their profits. Hmm. Rot row. (laughs) So if booze is legal again, people don't need the bootleg stuff, and that was bad for organized crime that previously benefited from it. Okay, okay. So we're we're moving past Ruth Snyder timeline here. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And that for anyone who hasn't heard, we had an episode about Ruth Snyder. She was in like about the 1920s, Mm -hmm. got executed, and... Her corset salesman boyfriend, Judd Gray. <laughs> I'm Judd Gray. Upatapa flappa stoppas. I hope he sold to Stephanie St. Clair. <laughs> I, I hope she got some fine product from somebody better. Good point. Well, uh, okay, so whatever is a white mobster to do? <laughs> well, <laughs> a well-known Jewish mobster named Dutch Schultz, whose real name is Arthur Flegenheimer. I would change my name, too. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he decided the borough of Harlem was an untapped market, at least for the white mafia. And even though there were already policy banking operations uh, with black bosses running the numbers, he didn't see it as much other than a little bump in the road. But he was about to find out how wrong he was and why you don't mess with Madame St. Clair. Oh, I want to know what she did to him. I am so excited. <laughs> so... Schultz and his cronies began shaking down men, kidnapping, and even killing some of the runners of the Harlem policy bankers. You don't do that. You're going to get in trouble. You think he cares? He's a white mobster. He don't give no shits. He's about to learn. Stephanie's got some aces up her sleeve, I assume. Boy, does she. When (laughs) Madame St. Clair reports the harassment to the local authorities, she comes to find that Schultz has the police and politicians paid off to ignore anyone who reports them. Ah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Schultz also used the police to arrest Stephanie's runners and other policy bank employees without reason or evidence. Oh my God. He's cheating. He's a cheater. You're a phony. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so while St. Clair had the means to retaliate with physical violence, that wasn't her first choice. Hmm. She's an intellectual. What she did do was take out a newspaper ad to expose the corruption of the police being paid off to turn a blind eye to Schultz's bad behavior while going after her associates. Wow, that's ballsy. (laughs) Just put it out there for everyone to read. She had some big meaty clackers. (laughs) 
<laughs> good good on her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She just wore them up a little higher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's where I keep mine. <laughs> so when you call out the corruption, especially to those in positions of power, you're going to make a few enemies. Yeah, I can imagine. That's ballsy, man. I'm scared for her for a little bit right here. And the police officers that were called out by name in her ads didn't appreciate this, so they arrested her on erroneous charges that had no merit. Damn. So not now, first her employees are being shaken down and, and messed with. Now her. Mm, no. Don't. mm mm <laughs> you don't mess with her. Needless to say, this pissed her off to no end. But I hope she didn't have to stay in prison for a long time. No, no, there were no charges to hold her, really. From what I understand, she actually went to the police commission after this, told them she had actually paid those particular cops in the past for protection. And this was enough to get those officers fired. Oh, nice. Was she lying or was she? did she actually pay them off before? I don't know. It didn't say. This is just what she told the police commission. Yeah, whatever worked. They started it. She's going to finish it. Yeah, that's right. They're they're taking bribes from other people, so it doesn't really matter who. Mm -hmm. They should get fired. So Dutch Schultz continued to knock down other policy banking operations in Harlem, and Madame St. Clair saw the other businesses around her falling, but she was not going to let him intimidate her. Badass bitch. I love her. You're going to love her even more. Uh, It said that one time, Schultz sent a goon to either rough her up or possibly kill her. The man was waiting for her in her apartment, and when he surprised her, she pushed him into a closet, barred the door, and told one of her bodyguards to take care of him. (laughs) Oh, Thought you could get the old slip on Stephanie St. Clair. You were wrong. So wrong. (laughs) So Madame St. Clair was over this shit, and she was ready to wage war on Schultz's ass. Thank God. Somebody shut up this white man. (laughs) (laughs) She personally took a baseball bat into one of his headquarters and smashed up everything, in her high heels no less. Damn. High heels and a baseball bat. Holy shit. And probably a corset because it was back in the day. She tipped off the police who then raided Schultz's home in which they seized approximately $12 million. And in today's money, that's about $155 million. Jesus Christ. <laughs> they seized all this money. And to anyone, that's a major blow to their wallet, right? That's a lot of money. <laughs> wow. That's going to hurt. And after that, you know what this bad bitch did? What did she do? She took out another ad in the paper explaining that she was responsible for this raid. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) She's bragging about it. I know. And that's when people used to read newspapers. If you did it today, very few people would see it. (laughs) Probably not. Uh, Even if there would be a major retaliation by Dutch Schultz, at least everyone would know who was responsible if she were killed. Oh, so she was she was being strategic with this, not just mm-hmm. boasting. Okay. Uh, in one of the ads, she also famously said, I'm not afraid of Dutch Schultz or any other man living. He'll never touch me. Whew, I believe it too. After some time, Madame St. Clair decided it was time she took a backseat to all this and handed over her operations to her lieutenant, Bumpy Johnson. Ah, oh, good old Bumpy. And fortunately, Bumpy had made a deal with another big mafia name, Lucky Luciano, who was one of the biggest bosses around, like big. Okay, so he is, what is he, Italian mafia? Probably. Just based on his name. I think so. Okay. I'm going to go with that. And it was even more fortuitous that Lucky Luciano wasn't willing to put up with Dutch Schultz anymore and called for a hit on Schultz. Ooh, damn. Okay. So Schultz was shot while in the bathroom at a restaurant. 
taken to a hospital where he stayed alive for about a day. He was in the bathroom? That's low. (laughs) Low blow. (laughs) Upon hearing this news, Madame St. Clair sent him a telegram before he died, which read, As ye sow, so shall ye reap. God, I hope he was awake (laughs) and someone could read it to him at that time. (laughs) I think so. Uh, That was like the last fuck you asshole before dying. So over the years, Stephanie had a few relationships that didn't end well, at least for the men. Mm, Okay. (laughs) So one boyfriend in her years before she became the queen of policy banking, he tried to pimp her out, so she stabbed him in the eye with a fork. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. This is the appropriate response. I, I wonder how hard he tried or was he just like, hey, what if I pimped you out? She's like, no, a fork in the eyeball. <laughs> I, I think whatever he did warranted what he got. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm so down for this fork in the eyeball action. <laughs> Another one of her boyfriends tried to choke her, so she hit him, which caused him to fall back and hit his head on the edge of the table, resulting in his death damn okay what did he try to do choke her what a piece of shit anyway another one bites the dust finally and most famously this one's really weird she married a man named i think it's sufi abdul hamid around 1936 Mm, okay and this guy's a piece of work let me tell you oh he was an eccentric cult leader sometimes referred to as the black hitler because of his anti-semitic views plus he would wear this like nazi style shirt uh, fashionably paired with a turban and cape. Holy shit, what a character. <laughs> of course, this was appropriate because he was from Egypt. Insert eye roll. Ooh. <laughs> uh, but I, I, th- I heard Egypt, I got excited. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, but I think their personalities ended up clashing as they were both very strong-minded individuals. Yeah, I can't imagine. She's already got her own operation and he's over there with a cult. I'm sure two leaders. Yeah, a little too much. Yeah. Uh, One day, a few years after being married, not very long, I think it was like three years after they were married, Stephanie supposedly shot Sufi. That's great. Does it say why? Did they get in a fight or something? Probably this happened after discovering he'd been cheating with a black fortune teller known as Fu Fatam, who claimed to be of the Orient. But hence, her name was Dorothy and she was not Asian. Oh, damn. Okay, so he was cheating on her. He didn't die. He did survive his injuries. She should have shot higher? But headshot. No, no, no. <laughs> when questioned by the police, Stephanie said it couldn't have been her because if she had shot at him, he'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair point. I was surprised that he lived. <laughs> Snap. So uh, during the trial of St. Clair versus Hamid, her lawyers got Mr. Hamid to admit that he was not Egyptian. He was from Philly and his real name was Eugene Brown. Oh, he's not really from Egypt. That's why you said eye roll. I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Did Egyptians wear capes and turbans? Uh, no. <laughs> probably not. Doubly why, but you know, back then you probably wouldn't know for sure. So he and his fortune teller mistress were stealing money from Stephanie to start up different rather unlucrative small businesses oh no 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 that deserves a second shot (laughs) (laughs) right Uh, like and while i get it the jury didn't think that was a good enough reason to shoot your husband uh Mm. so she was sentenced to three years in jail oh okay three years that's a little better that's not as bad as like life but you know what karma is a bitch and her ex-husband ended up dying in a plane crash just a few months after her sentence began Oh, 
shit. <laughs> he should have just died from the, the shot wound. It would have been better off, I'm sure. Better story. Yeah. And she's in jail this whole time for, uh, while he's getting killed in an airplane. Yes. So she didn't have anything to do with it as far as I know. Although I'm sure she could have passed a, me- a message to Bumpy and been like, hey, can you bump him off? <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I'm trying French accent. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, after being released from prison, Stephanie St. Clair managed to keep out of the mafia and gang life. She was done with it. Oh, okay. She went, she cleaned up. Okay. Uh, she used her remaining years to work for civil rights and continue to expose injustices of the time. It said that even though she didn't engage in any more criminal activity, she continued to have the protection of her former associate, Bumpy Johnson, until he died in 1968. I mean, that's just fair. I think that that's a, just like a friendship or a partnership. That sounds good to me. Uh, she died in 1969, a year later, in New York at the age of 72, and apparently she died fairly wealthy. Good. And it's a shame that she's overshadowed by the male players in the history of this era, but I mean, damn, she is the epitome of a bad bitch. Hell yeah. Oh my god. I want to work for her right now. But I will tell you, um, I did use a couple different references. Um, there was a really good website uh, called rejectedprincesses.com, and I think it's been made into a book. I think uh, I've heard of it, yeah. a couple books, and I've seen it online, um, and it has so many different stories of kind of like forgotten bad bitches of history, and mm-hmm. I'm like, if you want to read those, I think those would be a lot of fun to read. Like, I'm thinking about buying it. <laughs> I know, it sounds really cool. Was she mm-hmm. in there? Yes, she was. Actually... <sighs> the author or the illustrator drew a really cool picture for it it's like her sitting in like a, a throny chair with bumpy like hovering behind her and then all the the players in the story are kind of off to the side with the cool backdrop of like the new york skyline it's very cool damn i want to read this book but also um the podcast podcast Female Criminals did a fantastic job, and they had so much information. Uh, I tried not to rely on them too much just because I couldn't find – I didn't know how to find all the same information to back it up. Yeah, Um, yeah. So I didn't want to just, like, piggyback off theirs. Um, I might have thrown in, like, a a info facto or so here or there. Mm. But but mostly I did use online resources to find my information. Trying to substantiate it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, they've got different sources than we do. I don't know where Parcast gets their shit. <laughs> they probably could afford the $130 Amazon book, which I read. <laughs> I did try to read like the little preview and try and get as much information as possible, but it really had a lot more to do with um, at least the section I found. Like I said, this was probably a very intense book, but it talked a lot about slavery oh, yeah. going on during that time. Her early life. Okay. Yeah, very. Yeah, I didn't really get too much about her, just more of the history of the time. So. Anyway, what did you think of that? So awesome. She is a new hero of mine. Like, I love the fact that, number one, she didn't start out very violent. Like, she, when she got pushed to it, she did have to take care of with some violence. But she used her means. She used her intellect. And then yeah. when she was done, she was done. She's like, okay, I'm going to take my money. I'm going to bounce. I'm going to hand it off to Bumpy. Bumpy's going to do what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to keep working for my community. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. Instead of sucking the resources and the life out of your community. Um, she helped them. She really, I mean, she did everything she could. And even though she wasn't from America or from New York, she made that her community and took care of the people there. 
Yeah, she made that her new home. I Yeah, what a badass boss bitch. I am amazed. And it is Black History Month, too. Even better. Even better. Stephanie St. Clair. She definitely deserves to be talked about. I hadn't heard anything about her before this. That's our episode. We love you guys, and we appreciate you listening. If you want to see what Near Death Dolls is up to, follow us on Instagram at Near Death Dolls Podcast. Tweet us on the Twitter at Near Death Dolls. If you have a weird, spooky personal story to add to our listener stories episodes, type it up and email it to us at neardeathdolls at gmail.com. Put listener stories or dear dolls in the subject line. And be sure to tell us if you want to be anonymous or not. And I know Paige and I are itching to do another one, so get in your submissions. We want to have a whole bunch this next time. Please, we'd love to hear you guys' stories. You guys have the best, coolest, scariest experiences that I'm glad I didn't have in my life. (laughs) (laughs) And you guys tell me all the time on Instagram, like, oh, yeah, I've had this happen to me. I'm like, well, write about it and tell me and we'll we'll read it for you. Yeah, you don't even have to tell us your name. You, If you don't want people knowing that you've seen a whatever ghost or whatever, we don't have to call you out. We don't have to be like John Smith in Nantucket saw a ghost in his basement yesterday. You know, like we don't have to blast your business out there <laughs> blast your business <laughs> Put yeah you we on don't blast. have to blast your business it's cool and if you like what you heard please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review you can also help us by taking a screenshot while you're listening to our episode and share on instagram or twitter if you feel like joining in on the shenanigans come on over to the dark dolly side and join our patreon for some delicious extras like our exclusive conversation show dolls after dark where things get a little kooky but in a fun hilarious way we hope we try we We, love you we talked about detachable vaginas we did talk about detachable vaginas today so you know and if you were a patreon you would have heard that yeah (laughs) and who it had formerly been attached to yes indeed We do talk about sex toys a lot, so just a warning there. But um, doll fam, keep it real. Until next time, bye-bye. Au revoir, a bientôt. I got to get me some Duolingo. (laughs) You know what the best part is about French, what I found? What? The word for pet is animal de compagnie, meaning the animal that keeps you company. Is that not the most precious fucking thing ever? France, you did it right. (laughs) (laughs) Animal de compagnie. That's really sweet. They have great like uh my favorite pet name for in french is uh i forget what the actual word is but it means my cabbage <laughs> it's really cute Aww, I'm gonna monchu i think it's monchu my cabbage all right our darling animal de company people Aww. de company monchu my monchu monchu cabbage heads we will see you <laughs> next time au revoir au revoir fin <laughs> Special thanks to Sam Hears for our art and music. If you'd like to see more from him, check out the links in our show notes.